0: You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about.
1: You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah.
0: You know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. Softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like the 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 team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Now that's also it's second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. About
1: From now on it's first, okay? Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs?
2: that
3: hey 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 hey, 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 hey! 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 hey buddy,
2: this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail
4: State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm flying solo, finishing out the weekend strong. Didn't want to leave you guys hanging, because we had a lot of news here in the SEC want to get right to it and i want to start with uh, something that i opened the last podcast some really good news out of athens just real quick oh, dog, jermaine burton you know there was an injury scare last time i was recording didn't know what was going to happen with that so wanted to keep you guys updated latest news according to i can't remember if it was 247 or uh, seth emerson there of the athletic that reported it first but Jermaine Burton hyperextended his leg, going to miss the spring, but should be completely fine for the season. And that's just a huge relief for them Bulldog fans. You're already down George Pickens. I don't know if you could afford to lose Jermaine Burton right now either because he's such a key player. He fits a role in that Georgia offense that guys like Smith maybe could potentially fill, maybe a Blaylock. But those guys are more... Hyped in production at this point. Burton, freshman season, he developed a real rapport there with JT Daniels and looked outstanding as a deep threat, really torched Mississippi State. Him and uh, JT Daniels basically won that Mississippi State game. So great news there. Burton's going to be just fine from when the time of the season rolls around. Hey, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. It's April Fool's. Be on the lookout, folks. <laughs> and I'm bringing that up because if you missed it, Five-star Louisiana defensive back Jacoby Matthews. He's announced he plans to commit here on Thursday. And I've heard rumblings. It's going to be a damn April Fool's commitment. I don't know what exactly that means, but Florida likes their odds with him. He's a Louisiana kid, so I don't know if there's going to be some shenanigans there or not. Alabama's offered him. Mississippi State's offered him. Texas, I believe. Tons of uh, high-profile schools after jacoby matthews but just just be careful (laughs) day of april fools i prepared you not only for that but uh you know there's gonna be plenty of stuff online and spouses your friends whatever i mean there's gonna be a lot of trolling here on thursday so hey i'm just giving you guys a heads up we might have some weird wacky stuff college football recruiting is weird enough as it is i have yet to really see an april fools commitment i think we may be getting it here on thursday but all right uh Enough spieling about uh, damn April Fool's Day. we got a couple teams to hit on. Let's go around the league. Now let's go now around let's the league.
3: Le- 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 my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out.
1: Look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West.
0: Why why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us.
2: And Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey. Press comes, okay?
4: Thank you. SEC. 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 All right, so I wanted to start here in Lexington. Oh, see, oh, see, Tx, 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 Tx. Where Kentucky just held their pro day, a bunch of pro days here around the SEC. LSU, Florida, Alabama, they all had their pro days the last couple of days here. But Kentucky, big one for them. A lot of prospects here. And maybe... A first-round pick in Jamin Davis. Now, Kentucky fans know that name. I don't know the rest of the SEC if you're too familiar with him, but he's a linebacker, came out early, and he is just rocketing up the draft boards. He was uh, an all-SEC selection, and now during this pro day, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy was on the radar as basically the next Josh Allen. If you remember, you know, he went very high in the draft, but he came back for his senior season, so... Maybe Davis could have improved his stock by coming back, but it looks like he's going to be a first-round pick regardless. So can't fault him for going pro. And at the pro day, now that all these times are unofficial. We've got to be careful with uh, quoting all these 40 times because last time I checked, all these players all across the country posting ridiculous 40 times, setting record. Everyone's having a career day. It's kind of unusual when everyone's doing it. But Davis... Posted a four-four-one, and then a four-three-seven, incredibly fast forty time again. Unofficial forty-two-inch vertical—that is official. I mean, that's insane. Forty-two-inch vertical for a linebacker that weighs two hundred and thirty-four pounds. So, just wanted to mention him because that's kind of something on the theme. He did the tight end coach, recruiting coordinator Vince Morrow, recently spoke with uh, UK Sports there and. It's talking about just you know how this is the standard now at kentucky this is why shane and i keep always touting them kentucky's been a joke forever in football they've not been the last several years i know last season was disappointing but hell we got nfl players here we're gonna have nfl players next year they just didn't have a quarterback it's a quarterback game now will they have one well, next year that remains to be seen but Really like these comments from uh, Vince Morrow. So let's kick it over to the Kentucky tight ends coach. Up this week. How, how, exciting, how exciting
5: is that? You know why I'm excited? Because I remember when we first got here, and I don't know how long, I think you guys have been around, you know, people were taking shots because we were getting all these four or five stars. Like, oh, well, they ain't got nobody going to combine. And I think, you know, I normally don't respond to like critics, but I was like, just wait till next year. Because I knew, now don't get me wrong, we had like Bud, and Darius, but we was only having like two guys go to the combine, guys getting drafted. But I knew from that 14 class on that when they became seniors and when they became, and that 15 class became seniors that we would have guys going to the combine. Dude, just look. This year, we probably, out of, I don't know how many college teams it is, but we, we in the top 10 of guys, excuse me, of guys going to the combine, 2018. We had eight or nine. This is here to stay because this is the way we recruit mm-hmm. and we develop. But it's not—it's not a trust me. It's not a fluke when you're gonna see 32 teams in here Wednesday. That—that's here to stay because we always gonna have mm-hmm. some top guys. I mean, everybody tripping, even guys on the staff. And I was saying, I think uh, Josh is gonna go in the first round, yeah. and I even said Fats was gonna go in the first round. And they're like, what, what? <laughs> now we starting to see but what gets lost in the shuffle is when teams are built in the NFL it's always them second and third day guys and we will have about four or five guys drafted on them days too mm-hmm. so i'm excited it's it's a compliment of our strength staff who don't get enough credit for right. the way they build guys and it's a compliment of our coaching and our development of, of everything we do here so that's like christmas to me next to recruiting when we have recruiting day signing day when I see these guys get to go change their lives and move on to making more money than me, I'm happy for them. Now they can pick up the tab, you know, when we go to dinner. So I'm excited about that.
4: <laughs> All right, so the truth comes out. He's wanting these guys to buy his dinner for a change. I just think that was great. You get to see a little bit of the personality there, see why Vince is such an elite recruiter. He's the star recruiter of this Mark Stoops coaching staff. But it's rubbing off on, on old Mark Stoops. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, if you listen to this show, you listen to his pressers more often than not. He's kind of reserved. He's not sharing too much information and keeping things close to the vest during the season. Now we're in spring football. These coaches let loose a little bit. Speaking of April Fools, he jokingly mentioned Davis is taking after his coach. Formed uh, much like a Josh Allen, you know, coming in with
3: a, with a lanky frame and uh, putting on all that muscle. Um, I, I mean, you can't even really call it weight because, I mean, there's not an ounce of fat on that guy. Uh, it's it's you're putting on a lot of muscle. Reminds me a lot of myself. <laughs> uh, big joke there. Don't be making fun of me on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. No, oh, you guys are going to be throwing darts at me for that. Hmm.
4: All right, so I just thought that was pretty funny. We don't get to see Mark Stoops joking around that often in these pressers, so uh, I had to share that when I heard that one. Next team on the docket, let's jump it on down to Baton Rouge.
1: It's my honor to present the National Championship Trophy to Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers.
4: Them Tigers currently battling it out in spring practice here, and I know even before I get to saying this stuff, you know, Coach O's talking up the defense. We heard similar things last year. Bo Pelini, remember he said something like, you know, we're finally running the defense I want to run and best defense since I've been here. And my God, that blew up in his damn face. He's already said not going down that road again, not making these bold proclamations. But clearly defense is a side of the ball. That is a concern in Baton Rouge if we're going to get back to contending in the SEC West, contending for the college football playoff. The talent is there. Can they put it together? Got some good news from camp here. Coach Ogeron met with the media. We talked about this guy a little bit already. Five-star freshman Mason Smith. He's got the number zero. This guy's a massive, massive man, yet he's got the number zero. You know you're a special player. If you're a defensive lineman, you're given the honor of wearing that number zero. Coach O's hyping up Mason Smith. We got all four guys returning on the defensive line, yet yeah, May- Smith is going to be tough to keep off the field. Uh, let's kick it over to Coach O.
5: You talked about Mason's strong performance <laughs> the other day. I saw what he did when he was at Terrebonne High School. I know you have a veteran defensive line here. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any chance that what you've seen so far, I know it's only five Preston that Mason could push one of these guys possibly to where he could Push for a starting job come fall? Uh, he's
2: our best pass rusher inside right now. Right now, five, six days of spring. So there's no question he's going to play. He's going to play a lot, and he can push for a starting position. Uh, he is a very athletic big man. Uh, he practices very hard. He's got to stay a little bit lower on the run. He's excellent on his pass rush, and he comes to work hard every day. He's a very smart young man. Uh, I do believe he's going to play a lot as a freshman, and he's going to be one of our top freshman the team.
4: All right, as every SEC fan knows, I mean, having an interior pass rush is just devastating to an offense. <laughs> it's like a human wrecking ball there. And I mean, I, sh- I don't have to tell LSU fans what uh, Quentin Williams did to their offense a couple years back. So, you know, way too early to be putting Smith in that category, but you're starting to see if he's already turning heads, He maybe breaking into the starting rotation. And remember, this is his first camp. In college, he's an early enrollee. This is piquing my interest already. And on top of that, I mean, we've got no concern Derek Stingley is going to have any issues in the defensive backfield. But there's always been rumblings. Will he play some offense before his time's up at LSU? Coach O was asked about that. And I kind of feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be one of those things where we just talk about it every camp and it just never... Materializes at this point, but there's a good reason this time. Trying to focus Derek Stingley on mastering this defense. Let's kick it over to Coach O.
3: Um, before I think I think it was before last season.
2: Oh, Derek, played, Derek, Stingley, yeah. Derek Stingley, yeah, playing. yeah, he, yeah. Here's the deal. You know, we I talked to his dad and I talked to him. We have a new defense coming in. I want him to be able to learn the defense this spring. And you know, obviously, it's, it's a lot of the same things for the corners. Yeah, you either press man or you in zone. Uh, but he wanted to be able to master the defense before we even think about uh, moving them to offense. Uh, that's something we're going to discuss this summer before camp.
4: All right, so the, like I said, Stingley going to be focusing on the defense like he has the entire college career. You know, this is probably the right move. I mean, LSU could certainly – you can never have enough weapons on offense because you're always an injury or two or three away from, you know, having real problems on that – on in any position group really. But Like I opened, I mean, the defense here has got to be the unit that the season's basically going to hinge on. And when you're bringing in a new system, you're bringing in a defensive coordinator that, I don't know, has got a ton of experience calling plays, but he does come from the NFL coaching defensive backs. I mean, Stingley is probably going to want to absorb everything he can from Durante Jones because that is going to help him when he more than likely declares for the NFL draft right after this season, so soak up that knowledge. Don't split his time on the offensive side of the ball. Really doesn't make sense when you got confidence. I mean, they've got so much confidence in their receivers and quarterbacks that they've got, you know, they go five deep at each of them. So, do we really even need Derek Stingley on the offensive side of the ball? And and are we putting him in a position where we may be wearing him out if he's trying to play both ways? Certain, Certainly, he's not going to, even if he does one day play offense, which seems questionable at this point, it's not, I understand he's not going to be starting on offense or anything, but I don't know. It just seems like, man, this guys he's probably a top five pick in the NFL draft on defense. Probably don't mess with that. You know what? All right, final thing on LSU here. I want to give a shout out to Brody Miller of The Athletic. I just uh, recently read a, an article he had on Jay Ward who his career there at LSU got off to a rocky start last season. He was one that got abused in the season opener, Mississippi State game. Fans kind of turning on him a little bit, as, you know, (laughs) fans tend to do when someone struggles on the field. But some very unique circumstances there. Ward was hurt, and if you recall, this was uh, Stingley the night before the game. Had to go to the hospital, and there was other injuries in that Mississippi State game, they had to throw Jay Ward in there. He wasn't ready. He was limited, and he got abused, and he didn't play the next couple of games either. And, you know, a lot of players would have folded, but instead he rebounds, he blocks the field goal at Arkansas, and towards the end of the season, I mean, he was lights out. And now they've shifted him to safety, and he's listed as a starter in the defensive backfield. Again, playing for a coach that – Comes from the NFL that knows uh you know the defense of backs and what they can and can't do. So let's kick it over finally to Cocho on Jay Ward. Cause it sounds like, you know, this defense, they got all the pieces to have a good defense. Now they gotta figure out where they fit and get them adjusted to the new defensive system.
1: Hey, I mean, and as you look back to last fall a little bit, I mean Jay Ward seems like he's kind of been a, a rising guy this spring. I mean Looking back, he was a guy who kind of got blamed a lot for some busts, But I'm curious, how much of that was 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 him making mistakes, and you know yeah. what that was? Safeties. I wasn't sure. Yeah, kind of looking back.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I don't want to go there because you know, okay. let's blame it on me. Okay, that's it. I'll take the blame on that. I think. That, well, then I guess
1: in that case, yeah. What, what are you seeing with Jay Ward? Yeah. He kind of yeah. Well, over? you
2: know, we, we we always, you know, look at the game he had in Arkansas. Look at the game. Look at the wherewithal he had to play and made that play in Florida. You know, when he was called upon last year, he played very good, and I thought that he made some outstanding plays there. And he showed a lot of uh, versatility. He showed a lot of awareness. And you know, we move him to safety. and They just think he's a natural back there. Obviously, he's a good corner. He's a good nickel. But I think it's more of a position of need. We're happy to see that someone can go back there and do the job and he has work to do. But I think, like you said, Jay, Jay Ward last year at the end of the season an up-and-coming great player. I think he's going to be a great player for us.
4: All right, so there you have it from Coach. And like I said, started off with that. Heard all this before. <laughs> so, it, you know, everything with a grain of salt here, but I don't know. I'm liking what I hear from LSU. The more Spring goes along, the more I'm liking, and the more I got LSU trending up in the SEC West. All right, guys, let's take a break from the show real quick to remind you that we're brought to you by my bookie, the online sports book. Still time to bet on March Madness. I know the games are winding down, and unfortunately, got Arkansas and Alabama eliminated, so not a whole lot to talk about all this show. But hell, there's still this could be the last. College basketball games of the season this weekend to bet on over at my bookie. Head on over to mybookie.ag and use that promo code that S E C. That's T-H-A-T-S-E-C to secure a deposit bonus of up to a thousand dollars. Make sure to use our promo code so they know we hooked you up. Once again, that promo code that T-H-A-T-S-E-C. Head on over to claim your first deposit bonus over at my bookie. And it's not just college basketball, they got NBA, NHL, UFC, everything else is going on. I think you can even bet the NFL draft coming up here. So, no matter the sport, no matter the minute, my bookies got you covered. Head on over there to mybookie.ag today using that promo code that SEC. All right, let's kick it down to Tuscaloosa real quick. Right. Time. Nick Saban met with the media here recently and not a ton to say. I mean, he was talking in basketball. He's talking about they got a scrimmage coming up. He's real interested, he said, to see a lot of these young players without uh, coaches next to him telling them what to do. So, you know, same old, same old. He kind of harped on being young in a lot of positions. What he forgot to mention was damn near everybody on the roster's a five star. So <laughs> I'll tell you what. Most coaches will trade their roster for yours, coach, if uh, if you're that displeased with it. But I kid, he wasn't displeased with them. These comments are a little comical, but that's why he's the he's the greatest, man. He's got to motivate these guys. But one comment in particular. Now, I was dead wrong last year when I thought, I never try to hide from my terrible takes, so I'll, I'll bring them up as much as I can. Devonta Smith, didn't think he was uh, anywhere near as good as he was going to be. Jalen Waddle, I thought, was the better player. And I thought even both of them step below Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, obviously dead wrong. But now you got to replace Waddle and Smith, obviously. So, again, we're replacing them with a bunch of five-stars. But for the most part, some unexperi- inexperienced guys. And Menchie is the- Menchie is not going through the spring, as uh, Coach Saban says here in just a moment. But So that's uh, with the system that Alabama has now. I know they're loaded at running back. They've got talent on the offensive line. Questions, I don't even know if it was a question, but again, inexperienced with Bryce Young out there at quarterback. Haven't seen a ton of him. And from what we have seen, I mean, he's not embarrassed himself. It's a—it's almost comical, the expectation these guys have in their first season. No spring and all that that went into it last year. But, you know, he didn't necessarily wow. Well. Now that he's got two more camps to before the season gets here, he probably will this season. But, Saban is still questioning what we got in these receivers, and he, you know, put it pretty bluntly. I don't know if he he's got the speed that he's happy with after having some of the guys he's had in recent years. And hell, he also dropped one hell of a line here. So let's kick it over to Coach Saban.
1: You've talked in the past about you know the wide receiver position being kind of like a basketball team. Do you find that you have that balance a lot more this season after bringing in two big guys? It seems like you have kind of more balanced in the size of your receivers?
0: Um, you know, but I wouldn't trade the guys that we've lost the last two years for anybody. Probably all of them first-round draft picks. So I don't know that anybody that's here right now has earned the right to be a first-round draft pick. Maybe Jonathan Mechie, and he's not really practicing this spring, so I'm not really counting him. Uh, so these guys all got to prove themselves. And um, you know, I think speed kills on the football field and um on the highway so um i love to have speed guys we have some big guys but we got to get some speed guys
4: too how about that speed kills on the highway and the football field (laughs) oh man even saban's got the jokes you know it's april fools when uh saban's dropping gems like that so hey that'll be something to, to monitor as Alabama's camp rolls on who develops at that receiver position and particularly with that speed that uh, coach Saban here is is dying to see. All right, let's kick it all down to Fayetteville. Woo pig. Arkansas is hosting another open scrimmage this weekend. That's two now. And how great is that? I mean, we're living in a time where these damn coaches are afraid to show anything and everything like it's some kind of, Huge secret where they're going to lose every game if an opposing coach gets clued in on what the hell could be going on. Now, we've seen first-year coaches, you know, they tend to open it up to generate that fan buzz, which I support. But then as the years go on, maybe these guys get more and more guarded. We're seeing the opposite here with Sam Pittman, which I love. And, you know, this is just the latest sign that Sam Pittman gets it. Not only is he an excellent coach, but he's an excellent like salesman, if you want to call it that. Salesman is maybe not the right word, but promoter of the program. I mean, he wants Arkansas fans. Look what you just did in basketball. I know it was disappointing, but, hell, you made a hell of a run, second-year coach, trying to capitalize on that momentum. He's going to be opening up all these scrimmages. You're going to have fans in Razorback Stadium. You're going to have recruits there. It would be just so stupid close this thing up so I love that he's opening it up and on top of that he's doing it for a very specific reason I love this answer so let's kick it over to Sam Pittman who was uh, recently a guest here on the Paul Feinbaum show talking about the quarterbacks and you know maybe a little bit of added pressure with the stadium opened up for scrimmage.
0: For for fans, uh, we we think we know how to identify a quarterback, but but from a coaching standpoint, uh, you with your coordinators and your and your assistants, what are you looking for right now in in terms of trying to identify separation?
3: Well, right now we're looking for a guy just to run the offense, be able to have the right reads, understand where the reads are, understand. Uh, the secondary uh, pre-snap, things of that nature. Uh, we're looking for someone that builds confidence in our football team when, he, when, when he's behind the center. Uh, and then, in all honesty, I'm looking for a guy can play and You know, throw the ball and somebody can catch it. I mean, a lot of guys look good on air. A lot of guys look good in uh, one-on-one, uh, uh, non-team settings. But we're trying to find a guy that can go uh, play well in a team setting And to be honest with you, Paul, part of the reason that we've opened our scrimmages up because I want our quarterbacks to feel a little bit more pressure. Uh, I think they'll feel that a little bit more with fans in the stands. And uh, that's why we're doing it a big part of it. Other other reason is because we want, you know, the folks of our state to be able to see us play.
4: All right. So, I mean, I just love this. And, you know, he was not trying to be subtle about it. He wants the fans to show up, make some noise. I'm excited to see how this turns out. And I said it on Twitter. I'll say it on here. I'm more than ready to say that I think KJ Jefferson is going to be one of the breakout stars of the SEC. I think he and Max Johnson at LSU one, two. You can flip them around, but I'd probably give the edge to KJ Jefferson playing in this system. Kendall Browse is just so effective at quarterbacks and even inheriting new guys or taking over a new team. You know, obviously, if you know his track record before he got to Arkansas, I think it was five schools in five years. Normally, that's terrible for getting production immediately. Basically, the exact opposite. The only place he kind of struggled to implement his system was Florida State. I thought he struggled a little bit last season at Arkansas to start, but by the tail end of the season, you know, on all cylinders, I thought K.J. Jefferson – Already seen him in the Missouri game, put up incredible numbers, a game-winning touchdown and two-point conversion drive. Of course, Missouri answered with the field goal that won it as time expired, I believe. So, I mean, we know he can do it. And I think he fits a little bit better than what Felipe Franks wants. And you've been if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me say this before. More important than ever, seemingly, is these receivers. Who you got coming back at the receiver? How much production. That matters more now than ever with the game wide open, and that is going to be the strength of this Arkansas Razorback team. The receivers—they've got ten deep of experienced offensive linemen returning, so yeah, I think the protection is going to be better. I think the run game is going to be better. The offensive line's bigger and stronger, more physical this season. We got some receivers with their money. And this is a money year for guys like Traylon Burks, and Devion Warren, maybe even Mike Wood. So. Calling it now, man. I think K.J. Jefferson is going to have a huge year for the Razorbacks. All right, last team to hit on here. Let's jump it on down to Rocky Town. Town. Where uh, defense coordinator Tim Banks, receivers coach Cody Burns, met with the media here. I'm only going to play some clips from uh, Cody Burns here, former Auburn receiver coach. He was hired by Josh Heupel down there at UCF before Heupel took the Tennessee job and, brought Cody with him. And I don't know how many people, obviously Auburn people know the story, but Cody Burns played for Auburn, went to the school to play quarterback, played actually for the Tigers as a quarterback. And then I believe it was his junior season, switched to receiver. So pretty unique to do it that late in your career to switch like that. But he managed to do it and not only do it, but now he's a coach, coaching the position in the SEC. So pretty unique. And he's got a couple guys on his roster, Jimmy Calloway, Jimmy Holiday, two breakout candidates for the Vols. And why I mention those guys specifically, because they came to Tennessee. They were high school quarterback. Now, they were the type where, you know, uh, I know Holiday was from Mississippi, Calloway, I think Georgia. You know, a lot of what high school football is now is just get best athletes' hands and just let them loose. And that's kind of what we have in these two guys. So they're still learning that receiver position after being quarterbacks in high school. And what better way than to learn from a guy that's done that same transition? Tennessee is going to need all these receivers to step up this year. Given this new offensive system, Tennessee is going to probably play 12 receivers this year. So you can't have just Jalen Hyatt and uh, Valuse Jones Jr. making all the plays. So we need the Jimmys to step up and now they got someone that's made the move before and made it successfully. So let's kick it over to Cody Burns. You talked a little bit earlier about Jimmy Calloway playing quarterback in high school and it helping him along understanding the leverage. Um, you know, Looking back to your playing days, played both positions, how do you feel like that has helped you um, get to the level you are as a
3: wide receivers coach now?
1: Correct. So uh, my story is very similar to a couple of guys that we have on our team right now. I was a quarterback my entire life. That's what I did. That's who I was. Never caught a pass in my life. And so once I was a junior in college, I actually ended up moving to wide receiver. And that transition for me was not that difficult because I understood coverages. I understood the run game. I understood the pass game. I understood leverage. I understood what defenses were trying to take away and do. And so that made me more knowledgeable as a player. Now, I, I had to teach myself how to catch, um, which I did. I ended up starting in the, in the league. But just the transition from quarterback to wide receiver, um, I think, is very, very uh, simple from the standpoint of a knowledge aspect of, of the game. And so me and my coaching philosophy, I like to teach the wide receivers the position as a quarterback because I think it makes you a better wideout when you truly understand the game as a quarterback, not just what you do, but understand big picture, and that makes you a better player um, overall. Hey, so how about that? So, again, that's that's another reason I want
4: to play this, because I just never quite heard it phrased this way. I mean, it teaches the receiver position from a quarterback perspective. I think that will really help. I really do for Jimmy Calloway, Jimmy Holiday, and I think a lot of Tennessee's success, whoever the quarterback is, I think it's going to be dependent on the weapons around him, in especially in this first year going into the first year of this offense. So that's just something to monitor. I thought that was just an interesting, interesting comment here from Cody Burns. I thought Tennessee fans would really appreciate that one. But all right, guys, that's going to do it. Spield on long enough here solo. Can barely make it through these things myself when I do it without Cousin Shane. Uh, he'll be back on the next one, hopefully. No promises. I've learned... To stop making promises about cousin Shane's availability here. But uh, hey, if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five star written review on the Apple Podcast I Remember, they get they gotta be the five star written review types. And send those on over to that SEC podcast at gmail.com or send it over to uh, you know, hit me up on DM sec Mike or the podcast DMs that sec podcast, and we're happy to send you a beer koozie of your choice just for doing that. We've got 12 different sec koozies. If you don't know Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, Texas, A and M, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri Vandy. You're out of luck, but I promise we'll get those in before the season rolls around. But, uh, That's just our way of saying thanks to each and every one of you for going that extra step, giving us that review. So we really do appreciate those. But hey, that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Catch you on the next one.